Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. In this episode, I talk with a SaaS founder in the outbound sales space that's created an all-in-one solution for generating sales meetings using email and LinkedIn. During our conversation, we talk about the exact process he's used to generate leads, drive sales for his SaaS, and ultimately build a $3.9 million software company. We'll look at everything from targeting to the sequence he uses and email copywriting. This is an opportunity to look under the hood of an outbound sales process that's built a seven-figure SaaS business. I know you'll enjoy this one. I'll see you on the other side. What if you knew exactly how to use cold email, LinkedIn, the phone, and other sales channels to get new meetings and customers for your B2B product or service? Morgan Williams is an enterprise sales rep that's obsessed with cold outreach. If you're sick and tired of fluff, theory, and general advice on how to sell to cold prospects from people who haven't sold anything in the past 20 years and instead want detailed, tactical, step-by-step instruction, this is the podcast for you. Each week, he'll interview salespeople, consultants, and entrepreneurs about actual outbound sales campaigns they've run with real numbers and results. Each conversation will be a deep dive into deconstructing a specific campaign's results, as well as the strategy behind it. You'll get the opportunity to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually working now in cold outreach. Welcome Welcome to to Outbound Outbound Metrics. Will Richmond is the co-founder and COO of Growth Genius. Growth Genius believes that great founders and salespeople shouldn't have to worry about prospecting. That's why they help B2B companies book more sales meetings with their ideal customers. Will, it's a pleasure to have you on. Are you ready to dive in? Sounds great. Thank you, Morgan. Looking looking forward to being here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I know Growth Genius does a a couple different things within lead generation, but what would you say, you know, your core offerings, what do you sell, what do you offer to companies? Yeah, our roots are, uh, we started as an agency, but our bread and butter these days is an all-in-one white label sales automation platform. So that means you have 275 million profiles, refresh quarterly, you can run email and LinkedIn campaigns, and you got your reports and integrations. So it uh, syncs up with your CRM well. Nice, nice. And so your role, what are you doing day to day at Growth Genius to grow? Yeah, definitely. So it's, it's mostly using our own product. We built our business on cold email and, and LinkedIn outreach. So it's making sure that our outbound campaigns are going well, that the team's social media is on point, and then uh, you know, assisting with customer support and success, and then making sure the product is, is hammering out you know, the, most, the most important issues. Awesome. I know, you know, you guys have worked with clients before, or you've done a lot of work with clients. So you have different examples from there, but you know, you uh, eat your own dog food, right? You're doing your own prospecting, your own lead generation. So I know today we're going to chat with you about, I'm going to chat with you about campaign that you guys have run 
specifically for Growth Genius, right? That's that's it. Yep. Awesome. Great. Awesome. So let's step into this. Like we'll start with the audience, right? Who are you prospecting? Who's who's the audience you're going after to promote Growth Genius? Yep. SMB, B2B SMB execs and sales leaders. Mm-hmm. So sub 50 people and just, you know, CEOs, uh, COOs, sales leaders, and sometimes we'll occasionally run a campaign to the marketing leader there as well. Gotcha. And what would you say, like, what's their pain point that you're solving? Or when you get to them, what are they experiencing before they start up with a growth genius? Yeah. Yeah. So they're, you know, one to five person sales team kind of scaling up. They've run the process manually. They've, they've closed a couple deals, but they're ready to, to automate and scale a process that's tedious, time-consuming, boring. And so we help them convert that to an automated campaign and improve it. Awesome. Awesome. Taking something that works already, but is manual and just moving it over to Growth Genius, automating it, getting better results out of there. That's exactly, that's exactly it. And so how are you building your list for outreach? Like, Where are you finding them? What tech are you using? That sort of stuff. Yeah, so it's all our own tech. We work with a number of different data partners. The data is originally mostly from LinkedIn, and then it's enriched with a couple other providers. Mm-hmm. And then on the emails, because people don't always put in the right email, they might, you know, large thumb it or, or whatever. We run an email verification script. So you have 99% deliverability. And then we just, we actually just run thing on, things on auto prospect. It's kind of our newest feature. Uh, it combines the campaigns and the data together, and it's all all in uh, one spot. Gotcha, gotcha. Who who are some of your favorite data providers? You mean other other than us, or oh, you mean under the hood? Yeah, yeah. I keep that. It's like a trade secret. Uh... I, 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 think that, I think that's important. I mean, I think a lot of folks know the email verifi- verifiers. You know, you've got your never bounce. You've got your zero sure. bounce. You've got, you know, your hunter.io for some data points. But uh, beyond that, that's a trade secret right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. No worries. So we've got this list that we've built using Growth Genius. Or well, we got this list we built using LinkedIn and other data partners. You're running it through your process, verifying your emails, right? Getting everything set up. And you're putting it into an auto prospect campaign within Growth Genius. What does that campaign look like at a high level, like number of touches and like copy? Like what, what, what does the soul of that campaign look like? Yeah, and it, it actually varies across the team. So we, we've customized it to what's, what people on the team feel comfortable with. But I think a good rule of thumb is, a, is either a two by four or a two by eight. And it's, and it's four to eight follow-ups over 30 to 90 days. And we're seeing a trend towards longer and longer uh, time between follow-ups. So I'd actually recommend every seven to 14 days is, is when you'd want to touch base. We started with you know three to seven days and that's kind of uh, growing over time. Gotcha, interesting. So two, two by four or four by eight, what does that mean? Two by four or two by eight. You want to have two split tests per stage and then every stage, you know, there could be up to eight stages over 90 days. Gotcha. So the first is the split test and then it's the number of messages. Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. And that's interesting what you mentioned about the longer follow-ups working better. It's funny. Like I, I personally 
will not email someone as frequently as I would have even a few years ago, like in a campaign around 2016, 2017, even 2018. And I, I, I'm interested to hear what you think about that. I think it's just the, these types of tools that are becoming more popular. So people are using them more. And yeah. it's kind of like, that's the basic thing is the quick in the beginning and then loosen up a little bit. Exactly. Exactly. Cause when you're a little too aggressive, they'll hit that unsubscribe or they'll, they'll tell you off pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've obviously split tested campaigns and when you're a little less salesy, a little, a little more value add kind of trying to basically serendipitously add value to that person's life after the initial uh, follow up. So, you know, the, you know, just following up is I think one of the worst things you can do is, as a, you know, prospecting strategy. So you're just trying to add value in different ways. Gotcha. And you're saying just follow, you mean not just saying, hey, bump it into the top, but reaching out with something of value. Always, always just, you want to try and bring some sort of insight to that person's situation. So like, how can I better your situation? Just following up is, is, is pretty selfish. You know what I mean? But I get that people are busy, but I think you always want to bring something new and, and value add to the table. Hmm. Interesting. What types of value are you adding in your copy to these, you know, these CEOs, these marketing folks, these sales managers? Like, what are you bringing to, to them in your messaging? Yeah, and some, some of it is just insights. So one of, the, one of the big insights that we're running with these days is, is I don't, I think running with an SDR team for a lot of teams, you're spending too much money, uh, mm. especially you're losing a lot of momentum in the handoff. And what, what, what is an SDR? What's the average comp for an SDR these days? Something like three to five grand a month? Sure. Yeah. Say. So if, if you can just grow with AEs, you know, and you have two, two campaigns per AE running, that means mm-hmm. you have more than enough opportunities for those AEs. I mean, you can save, you, you know, you cut your, your SDR team by half. Let's, let's say that's 5K ahead. Sure. So you, you cut four SDRs, you're saving 20 grand a month. Sure. Now, that, that savings costs something though, right? Because the AEs, the time they spend pop prospecting, they're not spending working deals, right? How, what does that trade-off look like? How do you figure out that calculation? Yeah, so... The question is, it would be like two SDRs to AE. So you're saving 10 grand in AE, let's say, but your your output actually may be unchanged. Mm-hmm. So I don't think a lot of people talk about when you build you build a lot of momentum in a relationship and when you're when you're kind of qualified and just passed to the next person, right? It's kind of like a baton that's it's not as easy as a baton pass. You have to you have to pass across a bunch of information. And so there's a bit of time save. So I don't think Let's let's say you take a twenty or thirty percent hit on mm-hmm. on your ops or on your revenue per AE on a on a small team. Mm-hmm. At Yelp, it's probably a much different game. Like, what what? How many SDRs to AEs do you run at Yelp? Actually, Yelp, I'm no longer there, but Yelp doesn't have SDRs. Uh-huh. Actually, for their enterprise team, it's all it's all AEs. All AEs, and yeah. How do you? Is everything inbound? No, no. It's actually by specialization. So Yelp will have, at the enterprise uh, level, they'll have different levels of enterprise reps. 
and you'll have like I was an EAE there, so I was a hundred percent new business, right? Okay. And okay. so you have your enterprise reps working on new business. You have a counterpart role that works on all existing business. And then you have a couple levels of enterprise reps over that who do both, right? And then work on larger accounts. I think it it kind of comes back to the what's the best way that I can get to my ultimate goal, right? My ultimate number. Some people are going to just be prospecting more than others, right? Others are going to be able to, you know, squeeze more out of their uh, their accounts that they're working. So it's just like a stand up. You're right in that there's no broad general advice that everyone can take. And right. we've worked with over 300 companies. And let me tell you, now I really know that every company is a special snowflake, right? Sure. Different, different deal sizes, different markets. Culture. Uh, different culture. Huge. Everything. So I'm just saying what I've seen most of the time, you know, we can pick apart any any bit of advice and, and you can find the counter back to that. Sure, sure. I mean, that makes sense, right? Because it's based on not all that, what you're selling, right? Deal cycle, relationship with the customer, right? Is you, How much are they actually, are you working with them afterward? A place like Yelp, it's like, it's paid advertising. So you got to earn that customer's business every month. That relationship is really important. So, okay. Yeah, I, I can definitely see that. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, so all these touch. this is, your, this campaign we're talking about is all email, any other phone, LinkedIn, anything like that? Yeah, I would say mostly LinkedIn. Mostly LinkedIn these days. Uh, we're, yeah, I guess that is the secret sauce. I mean, <laughs> yeah, our, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, all, all of our tool does, yeah, a bit of LinkedIn automation there. And that's been the most effective channel for us, you know, hands down. This is all done through connection requests and your inbox. Let me ask you this. So like you're, so you're selling to salespeople, marketers. Like there's this thing I have about LinkedIn, like, you know, the salespeople on LinkedIn who post all the time. My thing is this, like some customers or some ICPs aren't going to be on LinkedIn as much as others, right? Like salespeople are always going to be on LinkedIn. Marketers are going to be on LinkedIn and recruiters, right? So, and just kind of like anecdotally in your, client campaigns that you may have run on LinkedIn and verticals outside of that. Yeah. Have you seen any like variance in LinkedIn effectiveness when going to those other markets? Huge variations in, in yeah. effectiveness. Like your audience really has to be like email skews to older LinkedIn skews to the roles that you've talked about. Right. You know, if you're reaching out to, to developers or any kind of technical person, um, neither. Sure. You know, outbound is is pretty almost ubiquitously ineffective on on those folks. Yeah, Just yeah. Depends so on the market depends on the market. Totally. Gotcha. But LinkedIn is great because of those posts you're talking about. If your content game is is pretty strong, and you mm-hmm. you have a post a week or a post every two weeks, you can start to see it snowball. Right. It's not about your initial campaign. It's like three to six months to nine months later, you start to see more and more deals come in. Interesting. Yeah, pairs really well. So you are, as a part of this campaign, are you using content or is it like our company is just going to have its own LinkedIn strategy and that's going to be the umbrella on these outbound campaigns we're also running? 
personal content. I think people basically key into people, not brands these days. Sure. I think, you know, you got the Gary V's of the world. You got the, uh, who, who's another kind of big time influencer these days, I guess. Like no one like Gary V. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of Gary V. But you have, I think, these micro influencers sure. that come up all the time, like Dave uh, DG at, at Drift. Drift. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Gerhardt. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, you, okay. You've got a couple, a couple of these guys, and I think everyone would, would rather figure out what other people are saying and thinking than a brand. Because a brand is a carefully curated message from, from a committee. And mm-hmm. committee committee messages are pretty boring oh, yeah. relative to someone's like very strong opinion about something. Like I'd much rather watch those folks. Sure. Are you are you posting from your personal account or do you have like a yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Every at least once a week. I think twice a week would be good. Monday, Thursday is kind of kind of the right cadence. Yeah, it's just about what's what's going on in the product, uh, what you're thinking these days, any kind of new findings. Yeah, yeah, something something unique you can share if you can. It's like I'm always like I feel like when I've scrolled through LinkedIn or I, even now you're seeing these little micro communities pop up on Slack and Discord and other mighty networks and stuff, which are really good. I'm looking for like that little thing, you know, that can make me better for me, like at Outbound, right? So I'm like looking for little edges I can gain that way. And so like, like what you're saying, when you can provide an insight, that's really helpful. Like people will notice when you, you know, you pop up for sure. Totally, totally. And, and you can't concentrate all day. So you're just looking for something entertaining at the same time. Like right. You, you, want, you want the edge, but you also want something, you know, some, something that's going to entertain you or, or be a little thought provoking at the end of the day. I think, I think there's a lot of time where people are pretending to work. And they're just scrolling through that. Yeah, feed. sure. So I think that's I think that's important as well. If you had to like establish like a high level framework for how you post on LinkedIn, what do you think that would be? Or like you say, yeah, the the ones that have have gone well are some things that are provocative, or or things that speak to a common pain point. So one of the one of the winners has been email and LinkedIn templates. Like that's just been a crusher of a post and I've run that post every couple of months. So people just want new templates because I think if you're, if you've been in this thing for long enough, you realize every four to six months, things go out of fashion. It's like fast fashion, yeah. right? It's like Zara or H&M, like sure. your shirt, your, your email campaign is not going to work as well in six months, especially if other people have picked it up. Sure. So I think that that one's been interesting. And then the other ones have been personal stories. I think it's pretty hard to build in public. I'm trying to, as an, as an introvert, I find it excruciating, but (laughs) I I think everyone's going through the trenches in relatively similar ways. And we just want to, we just want to hear how people are getting through their day. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think that's pretty good. So if you have, you know, highlights, lowlights, whatever you have, I think it's I think it's interesting as long as it's uh, a good story. Gotcha. No, that definitely makes sense. And that one's that one's self ex- pretty self-explanatory. Like I I can uh, grasp that one. For the one where you're speaking to pain points, are you just like is it like you're uncovering things that you found through building your company? Like this, we noticed this, this, and this. This sort yeah. of data. 
Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that sometimes. Sometimes it's frameworks. Like I like um, Robert Cialdini's uh, Persuasion. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And I got, so I got this little framework called, uh, I made an acronym of the most important lessons in the book. I call it R class, R class. That one I post a, a, a long time back, but I think that was, that was one of the winners. And just, so it's a little acronym that you can think about every time I'm writing a campaign, I should be thinking about this acronym. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's good. Like anchoring on that, like well-known, you know. Yeah. Robert Cialdini, I guess most people in sales probably know. Oh, sure. Did you, did you like his book? Did you, have you read? Uh, I, I haven't read the new one. Was it Presuasion, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't <laughs> read that. Influence, it's solid. I, you yeah. know, I, I definitely use that for like the core of how I think about writing emails. That one and Cashvertising, not by Cialdini. I'll look uh, that up. Yeah, Cashvertising is really good. It, it, it has a lot of like ad agency stuff in it too. That's, that's really good for talking about like human emotions and triggers. And they have this thing called yeah, the Life Force 8 in there. Yeah, it's good. What's the Life Force 8? The Life Force 8 is, uh, well, it's the Life Force 8 and the nine secondary wants. And it's basically like this idea that humans need eight different things that they want like from birth. Like that's just like hardwired in them to want. And the nine secondary wants are things that you learn after living through society. So let me, let me bring this. That's cool. Let me bring this up. Anything, anytime you can find an underlying need like that. Yeah. That's, that's a good thing to riff on. And it's like the life force aid is like survival, enjoyment of life, life extension one, enjoyment of food and beverages, freedom from fear, pain and danger, sexual companionship, comfortable living conditions, to be superior, winning, keeping up with the Joneses, care and protection of loved ones and social approval. And like those are good core yeah. ones, but the nine secondary ones are ones that are more, that more work better for emails and make more sense for emails. They're like, you know, curiosity is a big one. That's in one of those nine secondary ones. That's, that's huge, man. And that's, that's counterintuitive to, uh, to someone who's just starting out. You know, you'd think you'd be Absolutely. very specific and all of a sudden people really like that. But we're kind of like cats in a way exactly. that we <laughs> will fall for really easy things. Like two of my be- better uh, subject lines are quick question mm-hmm. and checking in. Mm-hmm. Like what are those about? Right. Who knows? Who knows? Right. And you would see uh, like seventy and eighty percent open rates. So, uh, like because it's kind of from a friend, and but it's right on the curiosity book. So what are the other eight or the other nine? So it's to be informed, curiosity, cleanliness of body and surroundings, efficiency, convenience, dependability and quality, expression of beauty and style economy and profit, and then bargains. And so I usually, when I write them, I try to think like, okay, one is like, what do, what's the content that I want to get across in this message? But even more importantly, what do I want that person to feel? Because I, I believe that people, to get someone to respond to you, especially a stranger, you got to make them feel something first. Totally. And I try totally. to 
to, to make that the core that one of those nine learned or secondary wants. And I tell people like, you could just use curiosity and be straight. Like, yeah. Be yeah. I, I love that, you know, sell with uh, lead with emotion and then, you know, sell or close with, with logic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You have, you have to get through to someone's heart before you can get to their brain. And it's, it's different than what you learn in English class, right? When they say, and then it carries over into your emails and the very, like when people first start writing emails, you're like, hi, my name is this. I, <laughs> this is my company. We provide da, 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 da. And it's like, well, why does this work? My whole life is just supposed to, this is how you write a yeah. freaking paragraph. And it's like, well, yeah. it's completely different when you're looking to sell. Oh, totally. Totally. It's, uh, it's like gravity is reversed. You know, mm-hmm. in, in in cold uh, cold email, that's wild. And, uh, yeah, it's fun it. though. Fun. I love it. That's good stuff, man. That's good stuff. So you are combining right cold outreach with posting on LinkedIn, right? So we've got that. You gave us an idea of how you're structuring those or what those touches are kind of structured like. You're looking to add value. You gave us an idea on the content, just on the follow ups. At a high level, what do those follow-ups look like? Are they is it like an insight you're giving every time, then like a last strip line message or something, or what does that kind of look like? Yeah, and you probably got this from Lloyd and Liam. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure they gave you something. But let's let's start with the the, the breakup email. I think that's always interesting. Sure, you know, you, you know sometimes like a, a gif, a, a gif uh, of like aliens or anything, just something to like frame break. Mm-hmm. I think that 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 was very very effective, and just to let people know that this this sequence is going to come to an end, at least for the next six to twelve months. I think that's another actually interesting finding, is you can people forget who you are every six to twelve months. Sure. Like so, a lot of this whole this idea of burning a list. If you've been respectful the whole time, you I don't think you fully burnt the list. You know what I mean? Right. If it's personalized, targeted, and helpful, I don't think you burn the list. But getting into the specifics on the follow-ups, like free and personalized and sending something over are very effective. So I'll build you a list. I'll build you like who who your decision makers, like what kind of list do you need? And you can even make a suggestion of, okay, here are 8 million Canadians or here are you know, a very specific list. I think that's really helpful. Sometimes it's the sales playbook. You know, have you built one of these? We'll help you to we'll help you build your sales playbook as well as your outreach and help you personalize that. There's a, there's a couple of freebies that have, that have worked. I love well. that. Is it's like, it's flipping the like assumed like, okay, this person's emailing something. They want to take something from me. They want to take my time. They want to take my money. Instead of that, it's like, hey man, like, you want this thing? I got it. Like, you know, I got, to, I want to give you something. Can I give you something? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like hey. you want this thing. All you have to do is say yes. And I'll give you this thing and it'd be personalized and it's going to help you. Cause yeah. if you've done it well, that asset should be shared around that team. And if that asset shared around, like, who do you think they're going to come to? They're going to ask, they're going to ask more questions for sure. Exactly. Exactly. And people come back to stuff too. Like, as I've noticed is like, just because someone doesn't respond, they will click, they will open multiple times. They'll come to your website. They will open your email like, you know, weeks later. 
come back to it. They'll think about it and remember like, oh yeah, that's that thing. I'm going to come back to that at some point. <laughs> I know that's good. I don't yeah. need it right now, but I yeah. know I have it in my inbox. I'm going to get it. Yeah. You it's know? like a mental squirreling. You know what yeah. I mean? You just kept all these, these insights stored away for later. Um, Absolutely. That's huge. And the other two things that I forgot to touch on were a narrative arc. One of the things that has worked recently is we built an arc of how we went from zero to hero. And I can tell you there was two years where we didn't prospect and we were just looking for referrals. Mm-hmm. And you, you see our revenue chart and it's flat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a brutal two years. And then we had an inflection point when we started to figure out cold outbound. So that, that narrative arc is really important. And then over the eight touch, touches, you're telling that story. And then the other one is, oh, obviously social proof. Just explain how you hit that result, like a specific result for a company just like them. So reference two or three people, you know, say the top of their industry or or geographically uh, relevant and, and people will jump at it. Like, so the fact that we've done well for financial service companies a couple times, we just leverage that into future conversations. Nice, nice. I love it. I love it. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> you have like metrics around this campaign or these campaigns you run. I'd love to like kind of yeah. in that with that type of stuff. Yeah. And yeah, our, it's our connection request accept rate is depending. It's probably 20 to 30%. Okay. So on, on an automated campaign, that's all right. It's not exactly your open rates and your other things, but our reply rate is about 50% from the oh, wow. connection request rate over the eight emails. Wow. Oh, so 50% of the people your email or your messaging respond to you? 50% of the, well, 40 or 50% of the, the accepts. So okay, gotcha. That, that works out to an aggregate reply rate of like, you know, five to 15, let's, let's call it five to 15% reply rate. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. On the meeting booking rate, it's probably one to 3%, one to 3%. Gotcha. Growth genius has this automation you can run in here. LinkedIn automation. Nice. Yeah. And, and, and we also have all the profiles built into our own database. So you don't have to use another tool for your data. So we're like a zoom info, Okay. Yeah, we're a Zoom info competitor in a way. So it's all loaded up into a UI because that was the number one thing we got for like two years. They're like, I don't have data. You know, yeah. get, me, get me data for cheap. If you can, I'll love you forever. Yeah. It took us two years to build though. Sure. Can you share any sales numbers on the campaign? I mean, in two years, we went from, let's say a couple 10,000 to over two years, we did about... 3.9 million nice awesome. in revenue but that's that's a combination of things so i don't sure i would say 50 to 80 percent of that was our own outbound nice that's awesome man yeah it's coming that is great good stuff so any uh i'd just like to know like anecdotally any insights you found about from working through client campaigns you know outside of the sales icp that you've maybe brought in or just interesting insights you found? Yeah. Financial services. So pr- private equity companies, 
VCs, lenders, it works exceptionally well really? across, across the board. If you're giving money to people in any shape or form, yeah. you don't have to do much. <laughs> so so I, th- I think the insight to me there, though, is a lot of people are, you know, and myself included, are obsessed with finding that one winning split test. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're like, okay, my, my open rate was 80, 90%. My reply rate's like 20%, whatever. But I think it's, a real, it's just as important to have a good offer. Mm-hmm. And so if you have a great offer, if you can continue to work on, can I, can I provide guarantees? Can I, can I provide lower risk? Can I provide more value, cheaper, quicker, better, faster? That's my learning from all of this. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And that even there's micro conversions of people responding in your emails that you're talking about, like you're offering something to them, valuable, yeah. and they're responding. Yeah, what are you? You're saying you know you can see it in in a website visit. You can track them mm-hmm. to websites. You can track their opens. You can track all the micro engagement, like you're talking about. Like even on the PDF, you can see that the time they're spending reading the PDF. The you know whole whole bunch of things. Yeah, absolutely. Split testing, real quick. I wanted to know. Uh, so, what type of thing are you split testing? Do you have a process for how you test your stuff? Yeah, it's a it's probably a little bit looser to be honest. But I'm 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 thinking. Okay, so you're talking about frameworks. I think about the yeah. seven seven objections. Right. I think there's like seven seven very common ob- objections. So. I have a little acronym for this, but I'm not going to say it because it's not, it's, it's kind of stupid. But okay, so the seven objections are, I'm, I'm satis- satisfied about my existing solution. You know, are, is, do you have enough credibility? Is this targeted, right? Uh, is this a fit? You know, do I have time for this? Is the price right? And is this one of my priorities? So those mm. seven, I don't know, you want, might want to call them the golden seven, but we've kind of boiled it down as thinking that that's, most common but i like you i like what you said earlier about the nine the eight what was it the nine wants. uh life force eight and the nine secondary wants yeah I, I, those those are i would combine the, these three and then you got you know pretty much covered that you would combine the split test the offer and the oh no what you said with with the, with the wants like trying to target those underlying wants and then i would target it i would use these Unsaid objections, these seven. Okay, right. So you're making these objections like the themes of your, you're conveying that. Got you. Okay. Yeah, because like I want to get ahead of a lot of these unsaid objections. So when you think about your open rate is 30% or your, your reply rate is 10%, let's say, there's 90% of people, well, sorry, there's, there's a whole bunch of people that basically read it and, and because of one of these objections, kind of jumped, mm-hmm. right? So if you can get, a, get ahead of those, then you're in good shape. Yeah, because it's like you have to, it's, a, it's like how sales letters are. In sales letters or in webinars, like people will list out the objection and then write a thing about it and listen, write about it. It's like, because you're not, you don't have to, if you're not, you're not in a sales conversation, so you can't like hear the objection and then die dissect it and then hear another objection and then isolate it and overcome it. So you've got to get out ahead of it, like you're saying, and you're doing that over your 
series of emails. And then one of those for a percentage of people, right, are going to be like, all right, why not? You know, F it. It's, I, it's so much is just F it. Why not? <laughs> you know what I, mean? I totally. swear. Totally. And that's why, that's why Russell Brunson at ClickFunnels does so yep. well yep. is because he has that book that he'll send you for free, the dot com mm-hmm. secrets. He'll send you that thing for free. You just pay shipping. But he's, he's, he's got this other, you know, he's got the ClickFunnels product. That's crazy. He's doing well with that. But he's also got a consulting business that I think charges 10 to 30 grand a year for events. Like he's got his breadwinning business, but he gets you in with the little book. Yeah. And it's, it's the same, you know, it's the same thing. It's wild. He's, he's something else. He is something else. Oh yeah. And I, uh, before we wrap up, I want to talk a little bit about your white label. So I know we talked a little bit about this in the beginning, but we'd love to hear kind of a breakdown for anyone who's interested in uh, kind of recreating what you've done with your campaign using your white label. Find something yeah. Like that. Yeah. And, and, I've always wanted to start, or at least for the past 10 years, I've wanted to start a SaaS company. Mm-hmm. And now, now you can, instead of taking 10 years, you can do it in a couple hours, right? You just, uh, you can fully white label Growth Genius, make it your own, your own logo, your own coloring, your own domain, everything. And then you have an all-in-one sales automation tool. And we'd ha- be happy to set you up, get you everything you need to get an agency up and running and run your own SaaS company. Awesome. There's so much of the, like, how do I stitch this tool together and how do I, and now this is working, but now this is not working. Anywhere you can consolidate it is definitely, is definitely a good, good strategy. Yeah, no, thank, thank you. I think it, it's, it's, it's hard. I'll leave, there's a lot of tools in the sales tech stack. So many. Like, what was in, what was in Yelp? Or what, where, where are you, where are you at now? What's um, in your tip sex? What's in your sales tech stack these days? So I actually cannot talk about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you know, one of those sure. things. Sure. But I would say like a typical, like a, you're talking about a t- typical tech stack at just like a company with sales reps or like something I've used on my own. Either, whichever, whichever direction. I can tell you what I've like used on my own. Like I will use um, for email sending, I've used tools like, you know, Mailshake. I've used tools like Limlist. I've used yeah. lots of for, for sending for lead finding, right? I've used find that lead. I've used Hunter. I used Get Prospect, Lead IQ, right? All of that. I've seen there's a lot of tools coming out for email warming now, which is interesting. We got um, one of those. You got one of those? That's yeah. That is that took, great. That took a while. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. is excellent because that's cool. a huge pain point. I know for sure is is warming those suckers up and keeping them warm. <laughs> Um, Lem list or Lem warm has got got one, and then you got a, a mail mail warm as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. We figured, yeah. It seems like everyone's got that problem, so we 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 figured we build it as well. Absolutely, but yeah. So, and then I'll usually, you know, sync that into a CRM, right? Yep. Something like PipeDrive, right? I've used it before. I like that. I feel that's a really sales focused CRM. Yeah, so basically yeah. like that. Way better than probably, you know, one of the clunkier CRMs. You know, you just need like that. It's probably Close.io and Pipedrive are the are the best sales focused CRMs. Just like they're just for salespeople. You know, you don't need all the. You know, like the opposite would be like HubSpot. You know, what I mean, it's just like for if you're just doing pure outbound sales, it's like Pipedrive or whatever will suffice. If you're doing more marketing stuff, then yeah, I could see that, but. 
Will Richmond, growthgenius.com. If you're interested in working with them, agency services or using their product or white labeling their product, growthgenius.com is where you can uh, find Will and his team. Will, pleasure to have you on. I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. This is, this is great. Happy to talk outbound any day. Awesome. I got four of you guys now, four growth genius. Guys. <laughs> yeah, we got one mystery uh, mystery folks I want to I figure out who the, who the fourth one was got it awesome man well you have a good one you too thank you Morgan All have a right. good one yeah really enjoyed speaking with Will and understanding his mental models and frameworks for cold outreach I'm confident that anyone can implement these strategies and start seeing positive results look if you enjoyed this episode make sure you subscribe and share it with a friend thanks for listening